Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee here in the heart of Starkville, Mississippi, the Southeastern Sports Group Studios in downtown Starkville. Well, what a difference a week makes. Last week we were talking about a state winning two against LSU and getting ready for the Sunday affair. We're back this morning after the dogs have dropped the first two this weekend to Arkansas, lost 8-2 to two on Friday, then 11-5 to five yesterday. And Charlie Winfield, uh, it's been one of those weekends where, you know, Arkansas coming in, Number two in the country in a couple of the polls, number one in one of the polls. And let me tell you this. First, before we get started, they look like the top team or one of the top teams in the country. I cannot imagine many teams. No, check that. I can't imagine any team being better than Vanderbilt or Arkansas right now. I don't know between the two of them which is the best, but, boy, Arkansas is really good. They really are. I mean, they set the tone in the Friday game with three home runs in the first inning. They had four home runs on Friday, four home runs yesterday. They used the long ball. The wind was blowing out. They utilized it. And so, hey, now we're back to the drawing board, and it makes today a really big game. Hey, let's just kind of look at you know our general thoughts of the first two games of the series. And first and foremost, before we get started, we're brought to you by Cannon Ford of Start. Well, Cannon Ford, if you're in the market for a new or used car, Go by and check them out and look online at Cannon Ford of Startville. They do spray and bed liners. If you're like me and you're really tough on the bed of your truck, they've got the spray and bed liners. They do leather repair, tires, brakes, batteries for all makes and models. It's not just Ford or Lincoln. So go by and see them today at Cannon Ford of Startville on Highway 182 in East Startville, and they're bringing you Sunday coffee. So, Charlie, let's look at this from 10,000 feet. It used to drive me crazy when Coach Polk would say it, and I love Coach Polk to death, about the pressures of playing at home in front of the big crowds. And I hated him saying that. It just drove me nuts. But over here this morning, coming over, I I thought about, okay, let's go around the field. You start looking in left field with Skinner in left field. He's a guy that's new to the program. You've got Rowdy in center, Tanner Allen over in right. They've been there, done that. They've played in front of the big atmosphere. You look at first base with Josh Hatcher. Yeah, he's been here as well. But second base with... Tanner Leggett and Scotty DeBrule, shortstop with Lane Forsyth, third base with Cameron James behind the plate with Logan Tanner. Then you look at your rotation, McLeod, Bednar. These guys are experiencing something this weekend that they've never experienced before, playing in front of a big crowd in an SEC game. I know I'm not making excuses at all, but we said this coming into the year. When we talked about how good and how much talent was on this team, we still said, hey, while we're talented, it's still untested. I was thinking about that same thing coming in today. And and I think maybe that over the years I've misunderstood the point that Ron Polk was trying to make. I always took it as him saying effectively, we have a team that is mentally weak. We have a team that can't stand the pressure, that folds under the pressure, that backs away from the pressure. And the more I've gotten to watch, I think there's a difference in bending to pressure and reacting to pressure in a way that you try to do things that aren't what you should be doing. To use the phrase that I despise, trying to do too much. And I I look at a guy like Josh Hatcher, for example, where it looks like all the time he's trying to pull the ball out of the yard to the right side instead of going the other way. I look at Forsyth sometimes who's chasing balls out of the zone, Cameron James chasing balls out of the zone. And so you start to say maybe it's not an issue of we can't handle the pressure. It's more of an issue of trying to please that crowd 
right? Because there's a difference, uh, you know, as a kid who plays for the tough coach, there's a difference in bowing down and cowering and then trying too hard to please them. And, and I wonder if maybe I just misunderstood what he's saying. But as I look at it, I think you make a good point. And it's not an excuse, it's, but it's a fact. You know, everybody says, well, you can bring these things up. Well, that's an excuse. No, it's not an excuse, but it may very well be a reason, okay? It, what's one of the things that happened to us yesterday, the ball out behind third base? And you and I, look, I'm sitting there saying, shortstop's got to go get that ball. But then again, you've got to back away and you've got to say, look, this is a shortstop that's played about 10 games. And as much as you don't want to be this guy, sometimes when you've got an older player playing to your right, even though you're a shortstop, you're captain in the infield, you've got a guy coming in from left field, you've got a third baseman, it's easy to try to give way sometimes and not be assertive. Those things will fix themselves. That's not a problem that can't be fixed. You mentioned Cameron James. You mentioned the, the breaking balls, and I'm not picking on Cameron here. You see breaking balls in the dirt, and right now he's having trouble with spin and spin down, spin down and out of the zone. And I'm not trying to make a comparison you know, player to player, but I start thinking about mentality and mindset when you're at the plate. I think back to 2014, 2015, 16, when Brent Rooker had trouble with that pitch. I think back to 2012 when Hunter Renfro had trouble with that pitch. And I'm not comparing Cameron James to Brent Rooker or Hunter Renfro, but what I'm saying is the experiences of as you see those at-bats and as you see those SEC sliders and breaking balls that you've never seen before, and it doesn't matter how many scouting reports that you're in and how many times you're told not to swing until you see it, until you see that slider that Cops was bringing at you yesterday, you don't know. That's a pitch two years from now when Cameron James is watching film, he's going to say, why in the world was I swinging at that? I'll give you another example, 2016 Jake Mangum. And look, we talked to Jake, and he said, we asked him, what was the way to get Jake Mangum out? And he said, earlier in my career, don't throw me a strike because I'm going to be swinging because he was up there aggressive, trying to make things happen. He was prone to chasing balls. All he did was become the SEC all-time hits leader. And so these are things that can be fixed. These are things that can be changed. These are guys who are young. Now, let me, let me be clear. I'm certainly not sitting here saying everything's okay because it's not. And I'll tell you, Bart, I think what you are seeing right now when you look out on the field the past two days, is the difference between us where we are and us being where we want to be, which is the best team in the country. I think with the exception of Vanderbilt, I think we have played the best team in the country for two days, and we see the difference that we've got to make up. And it's not about where we are. It's not about our ranking. I don't care if we're ranked number three. I don't care if we're ranked number 15. Right now you're seeing the difference in number one and where we are. Are we top five? I don't know. Probably not. But I tell you what, we're playing the top-ranked team in the country. They are legit. Is their starting pitching as good as what Vanderbilt has at the top? Absolutely not. Not with Leiter and Rocker. But let me tell you this. I like the shortstop battles. Oh, I, I like love the, the center fielder. I love the third baseman, Smith. I like the catcher, Opitz. Man, I mean, they got some guys in that order. Slavens at, at first base. I mean, they, they've got the pieces – Overall, they've got bullpen guys. And so let's let's take a look first before we get too caught up in what we're talking about. And look at the pitching. Okay, Christian McLeod, Friday night. Left right. some balls up. 
Yeah, look, we got to talk about it, right? Yeah, we got got to talk about got to talk about how you know pitching wise, and we talked a moment ago about not having those experiences. McLeod had never thrown a pitch in an SEC game before last week going to Baton Rouge. So l- let me ask you this, and I don't want to get you off topic, but you go back and you look at the performance that McLeod had at LSU. You look at the performance that he had this week. One thing that jumps out at you is last week he did a better job of getting breaking pitches over, and he had more velocity. The thing that concerns you a little bit is the velocity just wasn't there. It wasn't there the other day. But if you go back to LSU, what's the thing that we all talked about, the wind? What do you have, like 13, 14 fly ball outs? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about this pitching staff so far. We've been a fly ball pitching staff. And that's the thing. This weekend may be different today. We'll see how the wind blows, but – Fly balls in this ballpark have not mixed well the first two days. No, they haven't. And we pitched up in the zone. We have not been down. But that's kind of who we are. Bednar was good yesterday. I, I give him credit. For five innings, he was really good. He looked like he kind of ran out of gas. But for all intents and purposes, Bednar answered the bell yesterday. Yeah, and, you know, early in that ball game, he was a guy who was having success pitching up in the zone. You know, there was a lot of times Arkansas had swings and misses underneath the ball for him. It was reminiscent of the Ethan Small days, right, where he could throw the fastball past people. Got a little tired, I thought. And look, I mean, here's the bottom line. His outing got extended because we didn't make some plays behind him. I'm not down on Will Bednar. I will say this. I think of everybody we've seen out there, and we talk about guys kind of backing down or trying to do too much or whatever. The thing I liked was Bednar brought the fight. He did. When I look at the matchups, we always talk about matchups in basketball and football, but it, the matchups in this baseball series, Arkansas is a team It's almost like a pro lineup. I mean, they don't believe in going the other way in the single to left and then all of a sudden you know, bunting the guy over. I mean, they believe in lift. They believe in quote-unquote launch angle. They're up there to hit home runs. All right, so I want to take a detour here with you. Because the reaction that I'll get when I go home and I'm talking to friends, talking to my son, they'll say, well, why don't we do that? It's really pretty simple, isn't it? We're not built that way. No, we're not built that way. I mean, look, here's the bottom line. We do not have a home run hitting team. And it doesn't matter what angle. You know, you look at it. Logan Tanner can become that guy. Hancock can become that guy. We don't have a bunch of home run hitters on this team. No matter what angle they're hitting it. But what I was going to say, and I agree with that, but are we not a bad matchup for a team like that? Are we not a bad matchup for an LSU when the wind's blowing out? I mean, thank goodness we played them early with the wind blowing in. Yeah, the idea being that we throw too much up and we got throw a bunch of guys trying to lift the ball anyway. Exactly. They're a lift team. We're a fastball up team. It's almost like a bad matchup in a ballpark where the wind's blowing out. And I'm not searching for anything right here to make excuses, but, I mean, you start looking at how – we're built and how they're built and what we've seen in the ballpark the first two days, it's not tilted in our favor. Well, here's the thing in my mind. If you're going to throw up in the zone, you need one of two things and preferably both. Number one, you need velocity. All right. If you're going to throw it up there, you got to throw it up there fast enough they can't catch up with it. And the second thing you need is spin, right? If you're going to live at the top of the zone, you need that Ethan small fastball that rides a little bit that looks like a riser. Bednar had that early. But as you tire, sometimes that just goes away. Chris Lamonas talked yesterday about Will Bednar. He said, hey, he pitched really well. He threw one pitch to Franklin that he probably shouldn't have thrown, but it came right after an error. 
we start talking about fielding percentage, and yeah, we're we're twelfth in the league right now in fielding percentage. But I'm I'm not a big believer. Are you a big believer in fielding percentage? Because a hit in one ballpark is a completely. It may be a base hit in another ballpark. Yesterday, it wasn't the errors that hurt you. No, you go back and you look. The ball that we talk about that we should have made the play on was the ball behind third base. That was a double. That doesn't go in. That doesn't hurt anybody's fielding percentage. Fielding percentage is such a poor metric of analyzing where you are defensively. There has to be, of all the things in my mind that you have to see it to really make a judgment on in the college game. We don't have all the fancy measuring devices that the pros have. But to tell how a team defends, you need to be there and watch it. Arkansas defends. Man, they field it clean. They get rid of it. They throw it. They're a very good defensive team. Their center fielder goes and gets it. We have some guys, look, Forsyth is going to be a big-time shortstop for us, in my opinion. But he's new. He's going to have to play through some things. And you go back and you look around. There's some plays to be made. You don't always make them. Fielding percentage just doesn't really tell the story to me. And we just haven't been clean. I mean, it's little things of, you know, a runner getting kind of hung out, rounding third yesterday. You make a slip of throw in behind him. All right. So think about me, the, the rundown j- between first and second, the runner scoring from third. It all just right. hasn't been clean at all. All right. So let me jump on that a minute because I think you make a great point. And what do all three of those plays? I'm going to take the pop up behind third base, the runner who took the big turn around third, and we don't throw in behind him and have the pickoff. The execution of the rundown where the guy overran first base more and the run scores from third. To me, what all three of those have in common is communication. Yes. All right. And so we talked to Ron Polt during the rain delay, and the thing he was talking about was his fundamental drill series. And during that series, they practice every one of those things over and over and over and over. But when we were going through whatever fall we could have, where was Cameron James playing? Shortstop. Where was Forsyth playing? Shortstop. Tanner Leggett wasn't playing second base. He was playing third base. So you go and you look at all these situations that take place. Every one of them, to me, involve talking to each other, understanding where your teammates are going to be, knowing what to communicate and when. Because if you look at Forsyth, it wasn't that Forsyth makes a bad decision by taking a relay and throwing it the wrong place. Somebody's telling him where to go with that ball. You know, he's hearing in the back of his head 4 4 4, and he's hearing it from people who haven't been playing in those positions. So, what does it come down to? Communication, which gets better with experience. Here's one of the things that kind of bothered me Friday night body language. Yeah. I thought we looked like a team that was kind of beat down Friday night. And then yesterday, here's what kind of worries me about today this is not glass half empty, Bart. I'm, I'm there sometimes. But yesterday we came out, and you know the message was energy. Guys, we got beat 8-2 to two Friday night. We got to come out and we got to establish the energy. We did. We scored three runs in the first inning. But then when you lose the energy, when Arkansas kind of pops you in the mouth back, that's the thing a home run does. When you have a three-run home run and then a two-run job in the middle of innings, and all of a sudden you've got a 5-1 deficit and it, or 4-1 deficit and it turns into 10-5, to five, you got punched in the mouth a little bit. So you kind of wonder about where our mentality is and mindset and toughness coming into today. Because if I'm Arkansas sitting in that dugout, in that first base dugout today, I'm feeling really good about myself. No, it's look, it's where we were a week ago, right? And we were feeling pretty good here on a Sunday morning, you know, and coming into that baseball game. And so 
I uh, no, I think there's something to all that. I think what I would say is I'm frustrated, just like, and I'm sure you are. But I'm also, I think part of the challenge here is, you know, I once joked that, and only somewhat, that the next person associated with Mississippi State who raises expectations should be fired. <laughs> so, Because what I think is, we've got a good baseball team. We're not number one in the country. We played a team who's better than us right now. And you go back, and what we're frustrated about to some degree is measuring ourselves against an expectation that is probably a little bit unrealistic. Given this time where we are in the season, it's still early. Very early. And this team can get a lot better with experience. But if you step back and you look at it, I think it is fair to say that we expected an awful lot from an awful lot of people who haven't done it before. And we're measuring ourselves once again against the best team in the country. They are the best team in the country. Okay, let's look to today. Jackson Fristo for us. They're going to go with a left-hander Lockhart. We've kind of mixed the lineup up a little bit. We put Leggett in yesterday, brought DeBruyne out of the lineup, which was kind of interesting because they had a right-hander of a million going yesterday, so we added a right-handed hitter in the lineup. Skinner was hit on the leg yesterday. We brought Cumbus in to play in left field. You kind of wonder about you know, where Skinner is on in, in everything. He hit at the top of the order in the game yesterday. So Arkansas going to go with a lefty. We got the right-hander Fristo. I like – the idea of going with Fristo today, and I hope that what we'll see is basically the idea with Fristo of I want four good innings. And then I think Houston Harding, you've got to challenge a little bit to give you four good ones too. Maybe three. The bottom line, though, is you know what I like about Houston Harding? I feel like that guy competes. Is his stuff the best on the team? No. But the guy's got a pretty good changeup. He throws strikes, and he competes. And we still haven't used Landon Sims. Well, so, yeah, let me back everybody down. Give me three innings each, right? Yeah. And then I, I feel like I've got Landon Sims for three. That's So that's going to be another interesting question right there. How early in the ball game do you go to Landon Sims tomorrow? Because here's the thing that would frustrate me as a coach. If I finish an SEC weekend and I don't get a chance to use Landon Sims in a high-leverage situation, I'm going to feel like I really did something wrong. The part you just said, in a high-leverage situation, that's the whole key, is having what you think is your best guy out of the pen in those big moments. And it's like the, you know, it's like the team that goes the entire weekend and doesn't use their closer if they've got a lights-out closer. You've got to get the ball in his hand in the biggest moment of the game. Whether and it's the fifth inning or the ninth. Or the third. It doesn't matter. You, you've got to bring him in from the pin in, in the game today. Arkansas still got a pin, a big pin left, too. I mean, they're going to go with Lockhart. They got a bunch of guys in the bullpen as well. We haven't seen Wiggins yet, and that's a guy who can forevermore throw it. Absolutely. Looking around the league real quick, you know, Ole Miss is the only unbeaten team. They played, supposed to play Thursday, Friday, Saturday this weekend. They played a doubleheader yesterday. Uh, actually played a doubleheader on Friday, then one yesterday. They sweep Alabama on the road. Florida has gone to South Carolina and lost twice. That's kind of a surprise in the, on the eastern side. Still early in SEC play, and that's the thing I want to get back to, Charlie, when you start measuring us against Arkansas. We're about to start getting into some teams, into the schedule, where it's a little bit more favorable. Yeah, you've got Kentucky next weekend, and I mean you've got some teams coming up, but they're not Arkansas. And so you're going to play some teams that you, you can kind of get back in the mix over the next few weeks. Yeah, it's way too early to start comparing records to somebody else because they're such a factor of who you've played. You know, you're going to knock off 
two pretty good teams in LSU and Arkansas off your schedule. Then you've got Kentucky, who you feel pretty good about. You've got Auburn, who's struggling. Then you've got another kind of pretty big test, I think, because you're going to get to play Ole Miss. But then, you know, you've got to deal with Vanderbilt. But then from there, all of a sudden, you know, you still got Missouri out there. you still got Alabama out there. You've got a chance to face some opponents that, well, I certainly don't want to call easy. They're easier than Arkansas. They're easier than Vanderbilt. And not to take away anything from expectations and not to knock, you know, our guys at all. But it's almost a situation where I think some people jumped in on their unrealistic thoughts of this team and legitimately thinks we're the number two team in the country. And that's not a knock. But right now we're not the number two team in the country. We can be. Yes. Look, and that's the thing is I'm not saying these guys won't be the best team in the country. I'm not saying this team won't go to Omaha. What I'm saying is this team needs to bake a little while. It needs to simmer a little while. We have st- we don't have a finished product yet. And it it's look, it's March, right? We haven't hit April yet. It's way too early to start panicking. you got to look out there and say, do I have the pieces? Yes. Now, I would love to have a Brent Rooker in the lineup, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'd like to have a Brent Rooker. I'd love to have several guys that we've seen. In- I'd love to have a Foscue. I'd love to have a Westberg right now. I love to have a Marshall Gilbert right now. I mean, that guy hit well in the nine spot in the order. Of course, we're not talking about Jake Mangum. But but going forward, the panic button's not there. I look back to 2016, and I, I thought about this yesterday during the ball game. I kind of felt like, you know, what what the first two games has felt like to me is I think back to 2016 when A&M came in here. Oh, you know, we wow. won the league that year. We were, we were That's the year we won the league. And they come in here and they had like 50 hits in three games. And, I mean, just – was that on Super Bowl all weekend too? Was it on Super Bowl all weekend? No, it may not have been a Super Bowl all weekend. But they came in here and swept us and just absolutely wiped the floor with us. And, and everything we threw to the plate was turned around. And hit it hard. And it was hit, hit, hit. And it's amazing to think that we won the league after – yes, we lost 10-3, to 10-6, and 10-5 to that weekend. It was nuts. Hey, we, we still got to play today. And it was Super Bowl all weekend, by It was way. Super Bowl all Yeah, so look, <laughs> hey, but let's go back to your point earlier. That's a team that won the SEC. That was their worst performance of the year. It was in front of the biggest crowds. Why? Is it because nobody's going to accuse Brent Rooker or Jake Mangum not being tough or any of that group. That was a tough group. But the question is, were they trying to do too much? Now, here's the thing. We're not telling you to stay home. We're not telling you we want smaller crowds. No. We'd, we'd rather play in front of the big crowds instead of 2,000. Hey, but, hey, there was only 6,000 at the ballpark, <laughs> wink, wink, yesterday. Going forward. Well, I'll tell you where you go forward, Bart. I think we got to go back and look at what you and I said when this whole thing started. And look, I, I was trying to be careful in saying it because I didn't want to come beat the table and say this team's overrated. But you and I said several times, we need to keep our expectations in check. We've got to be realistic and that there's going to be a lot of teams in this league who are really, really good who finish 15 and 15. And I still believe that's the case. We are playing in the best league in baseball without question. This team is talented, but it's just not there yet, but it doesn't mean it can't be. And, hey, we come out today. If we come out today and, and you win this ball game, you feel a lot different about going through, you know, going into next week than you do right now. You've lost the first two games where you've got popped in the mouth a little bit, and hopefully we can get that turned around today. No, I think that's absolutely right. And, I, look, we still got the pitching there. We've still got a chance to do it. 
But I think it's going to be one of those things for Mississippi State where you've got to come out today, hit the ball early, and hope you get the ball to land in Sims when it matters. I'll tell you what, you know, I know it has the, the results have not been where we want them to be, but man, it feels like baseball. After what we've endured over the last year, you know, you had an atmosphere, you've had you've got two good baseball teams. We're not a bad baseball team. No. We're not we're not an outside the top twenty baseball we're a we're a good baseball team. Look, think where LSU was sitting a week ago. They yeah. were sitting here having lost two games, having a meltdown because they couldn't touch any of our pitching. And all we're doing is hitting lazy fly ball after lazy fly ball. It is way too small of a sample size to start panicking. Oh, yeah. There are things that have got to get better, but they are things that are fixable. Absolutely. Hey, and once again, we're brought to you by Cannon Ford of Startwell. Thanks to our fine friends at Cannon, Chris Keene, and the gang. They do a great job of selling the new and used cars. And like we talked about a little bit ago, they have those spray-in bed liners. You fix the leather, the tires, brakes, whatever you need. Batteries for all makes and models, not just Ford or Lincoln. So go by and see them at Cannon Ford of Startwell. That's, and that's where I get all my cars. That's where I get my battery changed. That's where I get my oil changed. That's where I do everything to do with my car is at Cannon Ford at Startwell. Well, and the reason I do it is the great service that they provide every time I walk in the door. So our thanks to Cannon Ford and Chris Keene of Cannon Ford of Startwell. Hey, brand new day today, 2 o'clock, the first pitch. Charlie and I won't be there today. It'll be Tom Hart and Kyle Peterson. Tom Hart will be from his house in Atlanta. Kyle Peterson will be from his house in Omaha. I think Coach Polk, are you going to go sit with Coach Polk in the, in the TV booth? You know what? I think I'm going to go out to the outfield today. Good for you. Good for you. I might go out there as well. I may go out there and steal a burger from you. What are you cooking? Country pleasing, man. Got some country pleasing? I'm only eating the jalapeno cheddar. Uh, that's all I'm taking. Hey, enjoyed it as always. Appreciate you guys listening to Sunday Coffee. We had a great show this past week on our Out of Left Field show when we talked to Joe Judge, the head coach of the New York Giants. We also had an interview with Paul Mahalam. Yesterday, we inducted three guys into the Ron Polk Hall of Fame yesterday morning. Bobby Thigpen, Eric DeBose, and Paul Gregory, the longtime coach at Mississippi State. They've got another one coming up the first weekend in May as well. And so it's it's a fun time to be on campus right now. I love baseball season. The weather has been very good. And so, hey, big-time game today, 2 o'clock start. The Dogs and the Hogs, game three of the series. Appreciate you guys listening. Hang on. Before you go, i got to ask you one question. Okay. Were we more apologists or critical today? I feel like I'm a little bit of both. I feel like I am a both. I feel like I don't feel like I talked out of both sides of my mouth. I talked like – a frustrated fan, but an understanding frustrated fan. <laughs> I feel like I feel strongly both ways. <laughs> All right. Hey, you guys have fun. Hey, appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Subscribe to Out of Left Field. It is absolutely amazing at the response and how this thing is really built up. And it's been great. It's been a lot of fun. I got stopped at the ballpark a couple of nights ago, talked to some folks, and they were talking about the podcast. And, guys, you're the reason we do it. It's just so much fun to talk with you during games and throughout the week on out of left field and here on Sunday Coffee. Charlie, enjoyed it as always. I'll see you out there. Get the country pleasing on the grill going. Look forward to it.